lies in wait amidst your dreams, where nothing is ever how it seems. It is a portal to a terrifying world beyond the doorway to Hey guys, it's Crimson. If you enjoy these, please hit that like button. That way we know and share it with all your friends. <laughs> The Casebook of Sidney Chase. Produced and edited by Crimson McKenzie, written and directed by Winslow Swan, and featuring the voices of Dave Arkhipov as Lieutenant Anthony Ferraro, Winslow Swan as Dr. Alec McDougall, and featuring Crimson McKenzie as Sidney Chase. Yes, I'm Dr. Alexander McDougall friend and confidant of Sidney Chase. And yes, I know why you have sought me out. You wish to hear the true facts of the case. Well, you've definitely come to the right person. You see, I was there the entire way, so I can give you the honest truth. Of course, you probably already know Sidney Chase, a brilliant detective who left the police force after her husband passed away. I was his doctor, you see, and became friends with the both of them. When she decided to enter the private sector, I told her that I thought it might actually do her a world of good. As for the case that you are referring to, well, it was our usual Wednesday chess game, and I went to her apartment. You're a little late, Alex. Oh, I had to stop and see a patient on my way here. Uh, wait a minute. How did you know I was coming? Hmm. It's quite obvious, Alex. I noticed the scuff marks on your shoes and the small nick on your cheek where you cut yourself shaving. I also can see a small smudge of yellow, which appears to be egg that you spilled on your jacket. In a hurry? <laughs> But how in the world does that tell you I was coming here? Elementary, my dear Alex. It's Wednesday. You always come here on Wednesday to play chess. Oh, I'm sorry. I I guess I forgot what day it was. But only momentarily. <laughs> it's okay, Alex. Even I have lapses of memory sometimes. So, how is the patient? What patient? The one you saw before coming here. Remember? Nothing serious, I hope. Oh, oh yes. Uh, no, just uh, changing a bandage. Well, come in. Well, any interesting cases come up? You mean besides the lost dogs and purloined jewelry that fell behind a dresser and was eventually found? No, nothing yet. I'm beginning to wonder if I ever should have became a private detective. <laughs> I'm sure that something will turn up that will pique your interest. <laughs> besides... You've only had your license for three months. You can't expect cases to fall out of the sky. It would be nice if one were to knock at the door, at least. Would you get the door while I fix us something to drink? Your usual? Oh, yes, that's fine. 
Mr. Sidney Chase? No, I'm afraid not. Uh, but Sidney is here. Won't you come in? Uh, Sidney, I believe that you have a client. Hello. What can I do for you? Uh, I'm sorry. You're Sidney Chase. Expecting a man. Well, well, I... I... Why don't you have a seat and tell me why you are here? Oh, would you care for a drink? Uh, no, no, I... Why don't we start with your name? My what? Your name? Oh, my name is Charles Sheffield. Charlie, for short. Okay, Charlie. What can I do for you? Well, I'm not sure. You see, the police have already closed the case. What case is that? Donnie. Donnie Appleton. You see, he's dead. Then there really isn't a case. No, you don't understand. <sighs> I'm sorry. I guess I'm not making myself very clear. Why don't you start by telling us uh, who Donnie Appleton is? Oh, forgive me. This is my friend, Dr. Alexander McDougal. Oh, Sydney, please. It's McDougal, if you don't mind. Believe me, you can get more medical help from Google than the good doctor here. Oh, really? I'm just teasing, Alex. Please, Mr. Sheffield, continue. Donnie was my neighbor in the apartment building over on Stanfield. He moved in about six months ago, and we met in the elevator. We found out that we both had similar interests, and we became friends. Well, what did Donnie do for a living? He was a, a cartoonist. Satire, mostly. Along the lines of The Far Side or, or Mad Magazine. Pretty funny stuff, too. Did he make a good living doing that? Well, that's just it. He was about to. What do you mean? He had just signed with the publishing firm who had gotten him a deal with a national newspaper chain... His cartoon was to premiere next week in the Sunday edition of about a hundred papers, with more signing on. He even showed me the advance check for $10,000 that he had received. Quite an impressive sum of money for drawing cartoons. That's what I had said. So it came as quite a shock when the police determined that he had committed suicide. Suicide? Was he having some problems with other areas of his life? Not that I'm aware of. Both of his parents had passed away, and he had no other family. He dated, but only sporadically, and never the same girl twice. He said that he was waiting for someone special to come along. Uh, were there perhaps some other financial problems that he talked about? Well, if there were, he never discussed them with me. So, what would you like for me to do? I don't think that it was suicide. I think that he was murdered. Oh... Do you remember who the lead detective was on the case? Uh, someone named, uh, Anthony something. Anthony something? It wouldn't have to be Anthony Ferraro, would it? Yes, that was it. Then it doesn't surprise me that he concluded it to be a suicide. By the way, how did your friend die? I found him, hanging from the chandelier in his apartment. We were supposed to go to the ball game that evening. When I knocked on the door, it opened and I saw him. So it possibly could have been suicide. I still think it was murder. So, Sydney, what now? Oh, I'm definitely gonna look into it. Especially since old Ferrari closed the case. 
Oh, you don't think that Ferrero will mind? Of course he will. Which makes it all the more fun. Why do you call him Ferrari anyway? <laughs> because he jumps to a conclusion faster than a Ferrari goes from zero to sixty. Hi, you, Tony. Mind if I come in? Well, well, well. If it isn't the gumshoe, what brings you around? Wait, don't tell me. You have a case of homesickness, and you want your badge back. Not quite, Ferrari. That's Ferraro. Whatever. Look, Sydney, I know that we didn't exactly get along. Get along? Get along? You hated working with me. When the captain gave me the lead on the Mason homicide, you practically had kittens. Come on, Sydney. We solved the case, didn't we? After you had arrested the wrong man who had an airtight alibi. So I made a mistake. Sue me. The family almost did. Had it not been for me finding the real killer. Get out of my office! But, but that's water over the dam. I'm private now and won't get in your way anymore. Why do I think there's a but in that statement? What can you tell me about Donnie Appleton? That case is closed. I closed it myself. It was clearly a suicide. End of story. Then you won't mind me looking at the case file? Help yourself. You know where records is located. I'll even call down and have them pull it for you. Well, I know it isn't Wednesday, and here you have called me over. What was the big emergency? Look at this photo, Alex. Sydney, are these crime scene photos? Yes. They are. How were you able to get them out of the precinct station? The keeper of the files owed me a favor. Dare I ask? I kept his brother out of jail. Oh, oh, never mind, never mind. Now, now, what am I supposed to be looking at? Oh, come on, Alex. That would take all the fun out if I simply told you. Uh, I, I'm not very comfortable looking at a, a hanging man. You used to be a coroner. How does that bother you? I saw them on a table as I was about to perform an autopsy. I didn't go and get them. Pretend he's on a table then. Besides, it's not the body that you should be looking at. I'm still not quite sure. Uh, wait a minute. Do you see it now? I, I think so. Tell me what you see. Well, it's what I don't see that has me confused. Exactly! Uh, have you talked to Ferraro about this? Not yet. I have to get this file back to my friend in records in the morning. Then, I will talk to Tony Ferrari. Oh, he's not going to like this. So what else is new? Well, Miss Chase, fancy seeing you again. Looking for the crown jewels? No, just a side of spotted dick. I believe I just found it. Mmm, yummy. <laughs> All jokes aside, I have some rather distressing news for you. N no! They didn't give you your badge back, did they? Worse. You're gonna have to reopen a case. <laughs> the Donnie Appleton case, to be precise. I told you, Chase, that case was closed. Thought you told me to close my mouth. Ruled a suicide. I warned you that if you got in my way... If you had bothered to do just a little detective work, you would have seen that it is murder. Here, 
Look at the crime scene photo. I've seen it. I was there. Look harder. I don't have to. Where's the chair? What chair? How do you think he got his neck in the rope? Usually when someone hangs themselves, they tend to use a chair or box to stand on. Where's the chair? He's just dangling from the rope. At least three foot above the floor. Did his ghost put the chair back at the table? Ooh, maybe the cleaning woman came in, completely ignored the dead body swaying by the chandelier, picked up the chair, put it back in place, and straightened up before she left. All right. You made your point. So what do you suggest I do? It's murder, Ferrari. Cold, calculated murder. Stop shouting. It's the only way to talk to you. Of course, the case is at least a week old, so there goes your suspects. If you even had any. Chase, get out of my office. I'll reopen the case, but you lay off. Well, Sydney, how are you planning to start your investigation? Well, I proved that it was murder. I talked with Charlie, and he gave me a very short list of names of people that may or may not have known Donnie, so... What sort of motive would someone have for killing him and making it look like a suicide? That, dear Alex, is the million-dollar question. With no family and no heirs to an estate, there really isn't a motive. Well, from what Charlie told us, he seemed to be a pretty easygoing man. You don't think that someone had it in for him, do you? For what purpose? I could understand if he had a partner in this cartoon business, but he didn't. Are we sure about that? Uh, Charlie couldn't have known everything about the man. He had just met him, though, six months ago. You're right about that. Maybe Charlie is the killer. Just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Charlie would not have benefited from Donnie's death. Ah, that we know of. Besides, I checked on my client. He isn't hurting for money at all. He bought his apartment outright three years ago. His credit's good, and all of his bills are paid up. So what would have been his motive? Now, I suppose you're right. Uh, So where does that leave us? Right smack dab on square one and nothing. Sydney Chase? Sydney. Meet me at 74 Parkside Road, apartment 4C. A date? Why, Tony, are you sweet on me? Damn it, Sydney. No, it's not a date. Then why should I come to 74 Parkside Road? Look, Chase, I'm tired, very tired. I took what you gave me on that Appleton case upstairs, and it was reopened. Well, that's one way to apologize. I'm not apologizing. Just get your ass down here. Again? Why should I? Because we've got another apparent suicide. Hanging victim. And no chair close by. Is that enough of a reason for you? Just make sure you get plenty of pictures. And I want the lab people in here pronto. Hi, Tony. Oh, you made it. And who is this? Oh, I'm Alex McDougal. He's my associate. I see you already cut the body down. Medical examiner hasn't arrived yet. Why don't you let Alex take a look? He is a doctor. Oh, yeah? Well, Doc, take a look. Uh, well, it's it's been a while, but I will try. Okay, we have a white male, about 30, 
contusion around the neck from what looks like a, a rope burn. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, uh, Lieutenant, this man was definitely murdered. Uh, look here, where the rope burn is. You can see a second ligature mark across the neck. That is mechanical strangulation. This man was strangled first before he was hanged. Are you sure? Well, from just a first look, I would say yes. Tell the inmate to let me know ASAP. If there are any defensive wounds to the body, run the fingernail cuttings for DNA, everything. He may have tried to fight back. I do know how to do my job, Sydney. Who is he, anyway? Mr. Frank Marshall. Name ring a bell? I should say so. Um, excuse me, but I'm a little lost. Who is Frank Marshall? Oh, no one, really. Until yesterday, when he hit the lottery. And someone kills him today. You think that the murder of Donnie Appleton and Frank Marshall are connected? Now look, Sydney. You can look over the reports and picks all you want to, but hear me good. Well. What? It's hear me well. <laughs> Not good. Whatever. Just make sure you stay out of my way. Any connection with Appleton? No. They lived across town from each other, didn't have friends in the same circle. Both were about to receive a lot of money, and except for that fact, that was the only thing that they did have in common. Then that is bad for you, Tony. Why do you say that? It means that you just may have yourself a bona fide serial killer on your hands. Alex? Do you make it a habit to be in my apartment when I'm not home? Only when I know that you need some help. Sydney, I'm your friend, as well as your doctor. You're letting this case get to you. I suppose you're right. When I was with the force, I made it a point to make sure that cases were closed every single time. I also made sure that the facts were all correct. And you did an admirable job. Not one case of yours was ever left unsolved. Now that is a remarkable record, and one that you should be proud of. I am proud of my work, Alex. Now that I'm a private detective, I don't feel like I'm making much of a difference. Maybe Ferrari is right. I should get back on the force. I'm not going to give you any sage advice other than you should do what makes you happy. If I don't have to work with Ferrari again, that would make me happy. And you know that he will be wherever you are assigned. The very reason that I don't go back to the force. And now there's this case. Two murders. Both with the same M.O. And not a thread of evidence to tie anyone to the crime. Yes, and neither victim had enemies. No family that wished them harm. Both were about to receive large sums of money and had made plans, so suicide is out. I noticed that you've been looking at the pictures from both crime scenes. Eh, well, sometimes a new pair of eyes are needed to see something, even if they are as old as mine. Well, just let me know if something jumps out at you. It amazes me, being a doctor, how frail the human body really is. It doesn't matter how healthy you live. It does not take much to destroy it. Even something as simple as 
too much caffeine can do it. Why do you say that? Oh, I was just being philosophical about the situation. No, I mean about the caffeine. Oh, that! Well, I was looking at the photos and noticed that, that cup of coffee in both of them. Where? Well, in the background on the table in the first one, and in the second one on that bookcase. Okay, so... Both victims enjoyed their coffee? Yes, but they are both from the same place. Brewmaster, over on 10th Street. <laughs> How could you possibly know that? Oh, I, have, I have always wanted to say this, but elementary, my dear Sydney. <laughs> uh, the cups that they use are very unique. They are the only coffee shop that uses those horrid blue, green, and yellow motifs on their cups. One of my patients is always sloping one down on his visits. Let me see that. Okay, so they both drank the same coffee. Are we sure about that? Have you made any progress, Miss Chase? Well, Charlie, sort of. I do have a question for you. Of course, anything. Did your friend drink coffee? Every morning. We used to stop in at Brewmaster's. He would order his usual black coffee, and then dump about half a cup of sugar and cream into it. And that was every morning? Well, no. The morning that he received the check for his cartoon, we went and he ordered the most expensive coffee they had. I remember that it cost him over $30. Oh, must have been some coffee. Did you notice anything else about the coffee shop? The people that work there, the customers, anything at all? Well, it's a small place. Only three tables with a couple of chairs. I think that the couple that owns the place actually are the only workers. As for the customers, well, they're just ordinary people. Think hard. Back to the day he ordered that expensive coffee. Did anyone seem overly interested? Not that I... Wait a minute. Yes, now, now that you mention it, there was one guy. What did he look like? Oh, ordinary. Short hair, brown, I believe, wearing a t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> funny, though, he, he didn't have a computer. Why is that funny? Well, most people go there because of the free Wi-Fi. This guy, he only had a notebook and a pen. Oh, that's not so unusual. I, I still use a notebook and pen. Still, Alex, it's worth noting. Now that I think about it, that guy was in there almost... Every day. He always had headphones in, maybe listening to music and writing, perhaps. Maybe one of those artist people, but he didn't really look like one. Kinda gives me the creeps, always looking up, staring, but when you looked back at him, he looked away, always sitting at the same table. So what do you want me to do? Don't you find it remotely interesting? That both victims went to the same coffee shop. And how do you know that? Look at the photos! See? Right there. Okay, so they both drank coffee. What does that prove? <gasps> it's the only connection that they have with each other. Or don't you see that? It might interest you to know that I have been doing some work. Our second Vic did not drink coffee. What? If you don't believe me, go and talk to the couple that runs the coffee shop. They know practically all of their customers. 
Oh, yes, I knew Mr. Appleton. Always wanted a black coffee. Until the day he came in celebrating. Did you know Frank Marshall? <laughs> Talk about ironic. Hits the lottery, comes in and gets his usual tea, and then hangs himself. Well, that's still under investigation. I couldn't believe it. He seemed so happy. Wait, you mean he ordered tea and not coffee? That's what I'm telling you. How can you be so sure? Because we serve the tea in a different cup than our coffee orders. These cups. Bright orange with a giant letter B on the side? Alex, let me see those pictures again. Uh, something new in the case? I'm not sure. Okay, both cups are the same in both pictures. Well, why is that unusual? Because Brewmaster serves tea in a different kind of cup. Uh, well, so? So where did the cup that had the coffee in it come from? Well, perhaps our victim had it delivered. According to the owner, Frank Marshall detested coffee, which is why he only ordered tea. And then there is our mysterious man without the computer. I take it that you have an idea brewing in that head of yours. No, just a theory. Alex, how would you like to go get some coffee? Yes, sir. How may I help you? Oh, yes. I, I would like your very best. Uh, something that not everyone would order. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, money is no object. Now, pour your best, dear lady. My, you are in a good mood. Bit of good luck today? Ah, oh, I found out that I have an inheritance. Really? Oh, yes. Some distant uncle who passed away a couple of years ago and named me as an heir. The estate has gone through probate, and they are just now informing me about the fortune. A real fortune, sir? Oh, yes! I'll never have to work again! Uh, may I help you? You ordered a special coffee from Brewster's. I'm here to deliver it. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, let me get my wallet and... Won't be necessary. I, I don't understand. People like you, lamenting your good fortune. Not thinking about all the people who went to bed last night hungry or had nothing to eat today? Uh, perhaps you had better leave. Like the mother two. You're just like them. How many people are being thrown out of their homes today because they don't have the money to pay rent? Bet you never thought about them. Uh, young man, why don't we sit and talk about... Nothing to talk about. You're just another rich, pompous ass who doesn't deserve to live. Why don't you just die? Hold it! What? What is this? It's called a trap, young man. And you took the bait. Not one of my favorite terms. Uh, where's Ferraro? I'm here. Wanted to make sure we got everything on tape. Come on. Let's go. Uh, Sydney, I, I... You don't have to say that you're wrong. A thank you will suffice. Right. And that is as close as you are ever going to get from that man. Oh, I think that he's coming around. And that is the story. Now, of course, there was no mention in the papers or TV news about Sidney's hand in the capture of the killer. Uh, Philip Wilson was targeting people who were affluent. Like so many, he felt it was wrong 
that someone else had money while there were people who could have benefited more. When police found his notebook, he had almost 20 names and addresses of potential victims. It was lucky, I suppose, that he only succeeded with two of them. As for Sydney Chase, we still play our weekly game of chess. She still looks for lost dogs or jewelry. And in my professional estimation, she is actually comfortable with her chosen profession. You have been listening to the casebook of Sidney Chase, produced and edited by Crimson McKenzie, written and directed by Winslow Swan. Tonight's episode, Suicide to Murder, featured Dave Arkhipov, Raven Adams, Brenna Faith, and Robert Jackson, with Winslow Swan as Alex McDougal and starring Crimson McKenzie as Sidney Chase. This is your host inviting you to return with us through the doorway to nightmare for another adventure into the world of your terrifying imagination. Until next time, slumber peacefully. Epilogue. The butler did it.